Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. Not to begin the day with controversy, but there is a little bit of controversy in Cincinnati sports right now. I'm not sure if you heard, but our city's major league soccer team, FC Cincinnati, they're kind of a big deal right now, guys. They're, they're kind of doing pretty great. They had taught the league during the regular season, winning the Supporters' Shield, and that is what you see in the celebration here. Right now, they're in the playoffs, and so they've gone through round one. And on Saturday, November 4th, they won the game. However, one player was in the spotlight for some not-so-great reasons. Matt Miazga. He is in a He's a great center back. He might win Defender of the Year for the whole league, but he has a sense of, let's say, justice. He has a very strong sense of justice. And if you have harmed him or his teammates or he feels like it's the wrong call, he's going to let somebody know. He's going he's to very loudly let somebody know. And so he has gotten a few penalties for this uh, sense of justice. And so during the end of that tournament game, this is what happened. He got a yellow card penalty there. And then the problem was that the game went into, well, that was a problem, number one. Number two is the game went into penalty kicks at the end, and all the players take their turns, and he scored on his, and he turns to celebrate, and then he's like, he goes and gives one of these, a heart hand, heart hand to the fans, to the opposing fans, fans that he once played for. He played for the New York Red Bulls in the past. And so there's a, there's a little bit of debate with, was he doing it out of true, like, I really do love you guys, but also they're booing him at the same time. So he's kind of like, I'm really sticking it in your face, guys. You know, his motivation is internal. We do not know this. We just have to take his word for it. But he hovered a little bit. And so the referee threw up another yellow card. That was a problem because now he had previously, in the previous game, had a yellow card. That means he has three, and that means he is out for the next game. That's the rules. He's collected three, problematic. So while everybody's celebrating a win and FCC's social media is all promoting, yes, we're in the next round, there's a little bit of unspoken concern because he has big shoes to fill. He's got an important role. He's a good player. And so there's a disappointment there, right? That one person's actions is now going to be like, oh, great. Now we're missing someone. So the controversy goes further. So after the game, there was, um, there was a word put out by the referees union saying, a player came into our private room, and we had to have security escort him out. And so then the rumor was that someone saw Matt in the hallway yelling, in the shared hallway, and then they're like, it must have been him. He must have been going and complaining. And if that happens, then would he have further punishment? However, the stadium security doesn't seem to have record of, like, pulling him out. There's, like, some mixed stories here with some different details. The referees union says one thing. Um, even the Red Bulls have said another from their stadium where it was at. So there's this controversy. Did he do something even further? We don't know. But one person, one player can affect the whole team. On the other hand, 
one player can affect the whole team. And let's lift up Lucho Acosta, our team's captain, because he is, he's just done some amazing things. We're really hoping that they're going to announce soon that he is MVP of the whole league. That is our hope. That it feels really good, right? It's really going to happen. But that's the thing. So he's on the field. He's leading. He's using his attitude, his talent. He's truly trying to encourage people. And so he is also trying to metaphorically carry the team on his back at times because one person can make a difference for the team, positively or negatively. So it can happen at any type of group that you're with, whether you're a sports fan or whether you're dealing with a theater troupe, a choir, or a band, or your department at work, or the nonprofit that you're on the board of. There's groups, and you know group dynamics. One person can just change the tenor of the whole team. It can happen in church. And so that is why, as we come to the end of our series today, Paul ends a letter to some churches in Galatia and says, know that each person has a responsibility to share the burden of the whole. And the things you do can contribute positively or negatively to your team, your church family. So we're going to read um, Galatians 6 today. This series we have called Jesus Redeems Our Stories because that is the heart of the message that Paul was giving to these churches. Because there had been an issue and he wanted to remind them of that foundation last week. We talked about deconstructing. Remember my, my play bricks that were up here? And we're saying that sometimes that's what we do. We tear apart our faith to figure out what is it founded upon. And Paul tore apart the Jewish and Christian faith to say, what is it really based upon? And so now he's just really trying to remind them of their foundation. Let's recap what he said this whole time. Because these churches, Paul had been like at the beginning of them. He was with them. He helped them just become a connected network of Jesus followers. And then after he left, a small group of people came in and were like, we have a different way. And they brought things about hierarchy and social ranking. And it all was based around who was the true family of God. Did you have to become Jewish and Christian? Could you be Gentile Christian? There was all this debate. So Paul's writing this letter immediately as fast as he could to his friends to say that's a false message. So number one, the false message was that Gentiles needed to follow the Jewish law and have Jesus. But Paul has spent this entire letter saying that's not the case. We all come to Jesus together, Gentiles and Jewish people alike. Next, Paul reminded his friends, let's remember God's great plan. It involved three people. God's made a promise to Abraham, and he said, I'm going to make your family great. And then that family became the Israelites, and Moses led them out of slavery, and God said, here's, here's the law, and it's going to help you just be good to one another, connect with me, but it was never meant to be permanent, even though it lasted, you know, lots of years. But it was in place temporarily to just help people get on track, but the ultimate fulfillment to God's promise way back to Abraham was Jesus. Because Jesus was God come to earth, but he came to earth as a Jewish man. 
living in the Middle East, and he was part of Abraham's family, and he could fulfill that promise, and he lived out every bit of the law. So Paul's telling people, you don't have to go back. Whether you grew up like me, Paul was Jewish, whether you grew up living, following the law, or whether you're new to this, and you've just heard it's a really great culture, that's great. You don't have to follow the law like we did. It's all ready and set for us to step into a relationship with Jesus. It's fulfilled. We don't have to go back. We can all be God's family at once together. So that's what we have been talking about. And hopefully this has given you some good perspective to build on. Because they would have read this letter all at once, but we've had time to process and take it bit by bit. These chapter numbers that were added for us, we've dug through. And if you recall a couple weeks ago, when it was Halloween Sunday and all the Echo kids were in here with us, we talked through Galatians 5. And I want to recap a little bit for us because it was, it was a busy full day, right? But we had a couple of lists taken out of context. They might just, you might think of them as like a good list and a bad list. However, it was actually a conversation about discernment because list number one was some things that Paul was like, look, now that you don't have the law to follow, you're following God's spirit. But we have to figure out what that means. And you can be free and you can do a lot with that freedom and you can choose all this over here. And he gives some examples. But he's like, that is hurtful to other people made in God's image and to yourself. And you're made in God's image too. But then he's like, but yet if you're following the spirit, you know it's going to come out. You're going to notice love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and it's, it's nourishing, like fruit. And so this was an example of following the Spirit versus following yourself. And so today, because this is chapter 6, following chapter 5, like I said, there was no chapter breaks in the original letter, and this actually builds upon the fruit of the Spirit. Because what Paul's going to say is, when you, when you follow God's fruit, it's not just for your personal benefit, not just so that you have peace, not just so that you feel good, but it's meant for you to share. You have God's spirit moving in you in order to be good to the community, especially the family of God. Allow that spirit to connect you to one another. And so that's what we're going to read today. We're going to begin with the last couple of verses in chapter 5 because I don't want to miss out on them. Because if you've noticed, we've read every word in Galatians. We don't want to miss it. And then we'll go right into chapter 6. Let me read for us. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently, humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, you obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I like that translation. It's just humbling, right? But you can see how this is a demonstration to say, what does following the Holy Spirit look like? What is that fruit of faithfulness 
of self-control, of gentleness look like in a community? And Paul says, it looks like not being jealous of each other, but sharing each other's burdens. And I don't know what all the burdens they had back then, but we can easily, easily imagine different burdens. And I hope that we can also think of the burdens that we've experienced individually And hopefully we can think of some faces who have shown up, people who have checked in, people who have shared the burden with us. And this idea manifests in our life today, and it looks a lot like, well, the summer of service challenge we had. Some of those ideas, sharing burdens can be checking in on someone who we know is sick, visiting them in the hospital, or if there's a death in their family, or showing up to keep someone company, helping with a house project, sending cards to friends and missionary families. Maybe you're really good at organizing and you help someone organize their home or organize a spreadsheet for them, or you join together to make a difference in our community. These are past, all of these are echo photos in the past ways that we have been part of our community. And it may be underestimated, but just your presence matters. Your presence matters. And I know that some, it warms my heart the most when I hear someone say that they got a call or a card or a visit or a meal from someone. And I was like, that's really cool. I didn't even know that was happening. I didn't even know that they knew each other that well in this church. That excites me the most of all because we matter to one another. And sometimes just by asking, hey, Tell me about it. And then listening can be the biggest, biggest way to share a burden. Or there are no words and you just sit and that's awkward. (laughs) I've sat many of awkward silence. But sometimes just being there next to someone is what they need. Presence is a way to share a burden. But Paul had some other examples. Oh, by the way, we're going to say this is like, like Lucho's contribution to the team from our earlier example, the positive way that you bring that spirit, that attitude, that care, that talent to our team. Okay, Galatians 6, verses 4 to 5. Paul went on to say, Be careful attention, pay careful attention to your own work. Then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So this was our Matt Miazga part of our illustration before, because what we do affects the whole team, okay? So he's saying we're sharing burdens, but we're also each have responsibility. And so that's not to say, like, you always have to be on and you have to be perfect. He's just saying that at times, when you've got the strength and the abilities, the experience that someone else needs wisdom from, when you have the talent and the time, then your contributions matter, and they matter to the whole. I'm having fun with some examples. We're going to give some more echo examples all day today. And I was excited that we recently implemented an idea that we've talked about in church leadership for a little bit now. Shante meticulously creates, organizes, and finds substitutes for echo kids. We've got a lot of kids this year. There's five adults back there right now, and every week she's got to find five adults to be present, caring, safe for Echo Kids. And that matters to those of us who have kids and those of us who don't, because they're part of our church family. 
And so the hope was full participation. And so in 2024, on the schedule, we gratefully have a member of every family who has kids willing to teach, to help, and to sub. And that's what we hope. And sometimes you feel like, that's not my gift. However, it's a way to contribute to the whole because it wouldn't function without five safe adults back there, even when that feels like it may not be your biggest skill. And many of you have served also who don't have kids back there, and yet you're present, and it took a lot of a coordinating, but we all thank you because you're living out Galatians 5.5, 5. everyone contributing to the whole, carrying a small load in order to share the burden of the whole so far, Paul has given the Galatian Christians relational fruit examples. But next, he talks about using resources. But to sum up the first, I would say Paul has been trying to get them to be excellent to each other. And that was just on my head this week, so you get to see that Bill and Ted's reference because it was there. Next up, Galatians 6, verses 6 through 10. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Sometimes our English translations can be limited. And so when I hear do good, I might have a certain thing in mind. And when you hear do good to teachers or to each other, especially to the family of God, that sounds, that sounds exciting. But actually, the original intent, would, this was Paul's way of talking about money without talking about money. He was very kindly and gently saying, do good. But like, look around, notice when people have needs, and share what you have. That was his way of encouraging the Galatians to provide for one another. When he says, do good things for your teacher, Paul was a church leader himself. And everywhere he went, and he usually thanks the people in his letters. He's already thanked the Galatians and said, you took care of me when I first arrived, and I was bad. I was bad off. We don't know what he was going through, but it was bad. And he's like, you took care of me anyway. So they have already provided for his resources. And everywhere he goes in all the letters you can read, he thanks people. And that's humbling. When you guys here contribute to Echo Church, the Echo Church staff, Shantae, Dylan, and I, we receive resources from that. And that's humbling. We receive from your generosity to continue ministry here. That's a weird feeling. And we try to really care about what we do with those resources. And in fact, we're going to keep trying to post in our email regularly to show where your resources go, where they go out in the community, where they go here in this church, because we want you to know we function based on everyone's generosity. It's humbling. Our missions partners, which you can find on our local and global impact page on our website, just grab some screenshots so you can see all the smiling faces. They are provided by your resources too, and it's humbling. But we all share, 
as Paul uses this metaphor and he goes from fruit to harvest and he just keeps trying to say do good because it matters to people's livelihoods. The other way that we can share resources is that we want to share that you guys did it. We all were gathering cans of peaches for how many weeks and we went above and beyond our goal. We love the graphic that Shantae made of the explosion and all of those cans there because that was a piece of our city as a whole. Like churches and organizations around the region come together and it's really cool to think that we are a piece of something bigger in our community to, to know that neighbors we will never meet get to go and provide for their own families because they get the dignity of now shopping. If they don't have enough resources, it's not just somebody's making a meal for them and handing it to them, right? They get to shop and they get to go through and choose what they want to eat, what they want to provide for their homes for their holiday meal. And they get to do so because we contribute there and set up options for them. Internally, we give from our own harvest also. And occasionally, we use things like the Facebook, private Facebook group, um, to share when somebody has a need. And we, we say, this person might need a meal this week. And we recently posted one this weekend. Lacey and Carrie and Solomon could use some meals. And so we share that to like help one another because food equals resources and time and energy. Sometimes people just come to us and say, I don't know if I have those right now. And that's a lot. You know how much that takes for somebody to come and say, I have this need and it's very hard to speak out loud. And so we wanna provide for that. And we want to be a place where you can honestly come to any of us and say, I have a need. Because that takes courage and that is just as biblical as filling a need. Is to say, I need help. I can't do it alone. We weren't meant to do it alone. This is what it means to share one another's burdens. And Paul says, that is what the Holy Spirit working through us looks like. He builds community. Galatians 6, verse 11. Paul's going to close out his letter. And first we get this verse that just makes me laugh. Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Do you ever notice people who use all caps in a post or a text? It's kind of funny. I'm like, stop screaming at me. But I think that the, um, the people who created the, you know, our English text just put it in small caps for us to notice. So this is the situation. I was listening to an entire podcast on the Bible Project about the New Testament letters, and they talk through. If you want an hour describing how letters were created, go. Go check it out. And so it basically talks through about how you would hire a scribe because parchment is expensive, like the good parchment. And so they would work on the message. What are we going to say? How are we going to say it? They go through drafts, likely, and then finally, Paul would like, okay, here's the message, and you want somebody who can write really small to fit it all in this parchment, and really neat so that the people can actually read it. But they said that Paul tended to like kind of do a little sign-off at the end on his own, but he's like, look, see, my handwriting's really bad and really big right here, so I just kind of love it. He's just like talking about himself, but he also wants them to know that these next verses we read, he personally wrote. And I think that emphasizes two things. I think it emphasizes just like, this message is urgent and I'm gonna scribble out the last part as quickly as possible and get it to you. 
And it's also just to say, I love you so much and I'm telling you something difficult and yet I care and I want you to know that I wrote it, that I care about you, that this message is from my heart. So let's finish out verses 12 through 18. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. Even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Paul summarizing, that's what he said this whole time, throughout this letter, in so many different ways, right? He's using metaphors. He has used his history of the Jewish people. He's used all these things to try to communicate this message, that you're a new people transformed into a new creation because of Jesus. You're all one family now. So he's like, hang on to one another. Don't let anyone divide you. And also, help the people given that false message to come back to Jesus as well. But here's the interesting piece. We have to remember that this group was living in some harmony, and the majority of the Christians of that day were Jewish believers. And I want to emphasize that he's just saying a small group of people have this issue. They were all living together as Jewish and Gentile and hanging out together as family and enjoying that in Galatia for a while. And someone else came in with a different agenda. And so this whole critique has been about a small group of people. And so Paul is just really trying to say, don't let the small group take you off the path you were already on, right? And so I really like, it's not often you read Bible commentary and like laugh, but here's a quote that I need to read to you because it made me laugh out loud. So N.T. Wright, when he was trying to describe, so Paul's saying, they just want you to be circumcised because it'll get their reputation to be better. Because if you were like, well, I'm not really hanging out with Gentiles. They became Jewish. See, we're all fine. The people who had the problem, who were trying to mislead them, were more worried about their own reputation. And N.T. Wright said that the misleading people were only concerned to save their own skins by cutting off other people's foreskins. Okay, now you've heard that, and you can giggle with me because that's what I read this week. So yeah, basically, um, Paul's trying to say like, hey, I got some scars. I got some scars for the Jewish rite of circumcision, but the scars that I have taken because of my faith in Jesus, both physically, he was literally beaten for his faith, and metaphorically, like he's trying to carry the burdens of people, right? Paul's like, I've got some scars, but what matters are the ones that I did, got by living for Jesus, and that is what matters. And so he ends this letter by saying, you know, let's not worry about your family tree. Let's look at the new family that you're adopted into. Remember that you're a small group, a small group of churches, but you're part of this bigger, worldwide, eternal plan 
that Jesus offers everyone hope, redemption. And we can hold that for ourselves as well because Jesus created a new people group, a new community, a new family, a new team. So I hope, I hope that this whole series has been a good reminder or maybe new truths, new perspective that you hadn't heard before. But overall, I want us all to know that overall, we're invited. You are invited. We're reminded that no matter your past, whether you come from a family that has some hurt, whether you have done some hurt yourself, we're offered a new future, a new hope. We're invited into the family of Jesus, just as Galatians 6 said, because Jesus offers us hope and healing from things in the past so we can move forward into the future. You're also invited to join this church family. And we're here as a group of people who have struggles. You know, we've got temptations and addictions. We've got issues of our past and things that we're dealing with right now that we need to overcome. And yet we're saying, come, let's journey together in our faith. Let's figure out how to live together and live out this Holy Spirit stuff. It's not easy. That's why we need each other. But no matter where we come from, we're invited to join ECHO and share the burdens. And yeah, we're going to care for you. We're going to ask you to care for us. We care for each other. It's reciprocal. But you're invited. And no matter how inadequate you feel, you're also invited to share this message outside of these walls with your neighbors or your coworkers, friend groups, your family. And that might seem intimidating, it is, but it tends to just be you living your story and somehow just letting people know that Jesus is a part of it. And often it's just the way we live, the care we give to others that makes people wonder why we're different. It makes an impact we don't realize. The things you do impact other people. They see it as an example. They find encouragement in it. And you may not even realize. You feel like you're just plodding along or just doing the thing. But it matters. Jesus takes what you're doing and redeems it into something even bigger and impacting other people's lives. It matters. We matter to each other. What we do affects each other. So let's share that together. Let's share life together. This holiday season is coming, and we might think about the people that we're related to and who we're visiting and who we're connected to. But let's just also take a minute to see our family here. Be grateful for the time we get together, the, the fact that we get to journey together in faith, that God has brought us together. Probably didn't know most of us in here before you walked in, before you joined Echo, but now we're somehow connected. And I pray that we continue to grow together in the coming year. As Paul ended his letter, I'll end with, Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for new eyes to see through this letter to the Galatian churches. I know I grew up just thinking about some fruit 
and pulling out verses here and there, but to see this this relationship, this long-term relationship between Paul and this group of people, to see this group of people struggle and to try to figure out what's true and what's false. And that just feels like today, Lord, things come at us and we don't know always how to juggle. We don't always know what's true and what someone's misinterpreted misinterpretation of scripture. Lord, we come back to you and we come together and we ask, guide us. We thank you for giving each other as family. Help us to look around and share the burdens of others. And we thank you so much for every person you bring to us who have helped share our burdens as well. Thank you for this picture of family knitted together by you, Jesus. Thank you for taking our lives and redeeming our stories. It's through you, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.